Well, 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 we've made it another year around the sun. I know, it's hard to believe because thanks to the magic of a good skincare regime and a few injectables, I don't look a minute older. But I am thrilled to be back to bring you more festive cheer. This year, I've rounded up some more Christmas-obsessed pals to chat all things festive. It's light, it's fun, and it's so spectacularly camp. I am Brian Dowling, and this is Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats. We're another week closer to the most magical time of the year. This week, we put up the tree, put up the lights, and my poor husband, Arthur, had to put up with another hideous Christmas jumper from Wah. But here we are with more camp cheer. And this week, I'm joined by the effervescent Carrie Katona. Welcome to another fabulous festive episode of Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats. And today I am so excited. I am sitting down with the icon that is Kerry Katona. Oh, aren't you lovely? Aren't I- you sweet? Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Oh my God, Brian, I just love Christmas. It's my favorite time of year ever. I'm obsessed ever, ever, ever. with Christmas. When do you think, Kerry, it's appropriate to get in the festive mood? Summer. <laughs> I thought you were going to say November 1st. <laughs> you know what? I've actually been known to play Christmas songs in the car in summer. Honestly, I'm not even lying. But I have, I like last year, I put my Christmas decorations up mid-November. Right. Well, I was doing a music show and I had to get some uh, props. Yeah. You know, you, you do on those music shows. Oh, next up is, you know, on, on kind of VH1, whatever it was. Yes. And I had to get all these music, all like Christmas decorations, like just in the background like this. I thought, sod it, sod it. <laughs> it's COVID, it's wet, it's miserable. I can't see anything. I am getting the decorations up and I put them, I put them all up mid-November and I, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I do panto every year. So when COVID happened, as, as bad as it was and terrible, I was a little bit happy that I got to have Christmas at home. Yeah, I know with your family. I only, I only get Christmas Day off normally. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think I, I love it. I love Christmas so, so much, so much. I've then, done panto myself over the years. I've been Captain Hook. I've been an ugly sister. I was the genie in Aladdin. And it's amazing to get it. It's so well paid, but you kind of don't really have a Christmas. You don't have a Christmas and it's such hard work. What characters have you played over the years? I'm always a bad. I've been doing panto now for six years. I do it twice a year because it'd be Easter panto or go on tour. And it's Easter holiday, so I do it and I take my kids with me, the younger ones. So, like, I've got all my Christmas presents. All my, that's all done. I'm not lying. It's all... It's you are so organised. I have to be. I've got an orphanage. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> I think Christmas is an amazing time. I'm one of seven. Mm-hmm. So, I think Christmas... When you have a big family like you and you have loads of children, I think that's what Christmas is. For me, I'm an only child. Yeah. And, you know, I have four sets of foster parents, three refuges. And this one time we was in a refuge, we uh, we got rehomed at Christmas, me and my mum. And I must have been about eight, um, eight or nine or what. So we had no decorations or anything like that. It was Christmas morning. We had, I mean, we had nothing in this house. It's like a, a terrace, two up, two down kind of thing. And the people who ran the refuge knocked on Christmas morning with a bin bag of secondhand stuff. Aww. You know, like a love heart smelly thing that you put in your knicker drawer. Yes, yes, like, yes. Like a can of beans and some corned beef in a tin. And there'll be this Batman game in it. And I was so, so grateful. Sorry, my dogs are barking. I do apologise. And uh, I was so, so grateful. I couldn't believe it. And I've always... I am, I'm so grateful for everything. So what I always said to myself, right, when I grow up and I have Christmas, I'm going to make it like Wonderland. No, of course. When you, when you think of where you are now, you know, with Ryan, you know, the kids, gorgeous house. Princess, princess. I've got two Rottweilers. Princess Dave. One's called princess. (laughs) And the other one's called Dave. (laughs) <laughs> are they a couple princess and dave no princess is two and a half and dave is about 20 weeks he's a monster oh he's way too young for princess 
Yeah, no, but we've had her done and then we'll get his balls done as well. Oh, when I was little, I, I promised myself that when I grow up and I have Christmas, I'm going to make it so over the top for my kids. Because I actually remember one year we had no decorations and I had all this coloured paper. Mm. And I cut it all like in ruler sizes and I glued it all together to make like a, a chain. So yeah. put on the walls to make it look like we had some decorations. So in my house, I'm not lying, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Well, that's because you feel like you can do it now as opposed to all those years ago when it was just you and your mom and yeah. you had practically nothing. But I think what's really nice there, Kerry, is the fact you have an appreciation for life now through mm. the struggles, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, because I, I've come from struggles. I've come from everything. And then to get... To become a millionaire so quickly when I was young, you know, bear in mind, like, we're going back a million one years. I'm a first husband, like we were super pop stars. But I've always, I've never forget where I come from. I mean, I where I came from, it was really rough. I mean, rough, rough, rough. And, I, and then my children, my children are so privileged, so well-spoken. You know, I'm not going to lie, they can be slightly spoiled, but they're very well-mannered, very appreciative. But there was this one time, Molly and Lilla, um, I was living in Wimslow and it was at the private school up the road and it was like when I was doing the MTV reality show and all that and I was a millionaire I had silly money I was buying ridiculous cars all the time and I saw I was changing my Molly and Lily and I was like I'm not having that so I took them to a refuge and it was Christmas wow and we took, I went to Argos and I bought all these like little toys only not nothing expensive for all the kids in the refuge and they did a nativity play for us and I, I tried to explain to Molly and I said, look, not everyone's got three cars on the road or a cinema room or go to private school. So this is this is this is how I was brought up, you know, to make them realise. And it's always stuck with them. Always so they, they learned a valuable lesson from that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it's very I was born where I wasn't born with you know, my kids been born with a silver spoon, you know, especially Molly and Lou, they've got you know, famous parents who've got money and blah, blah, blah. But even like in my bankruptcy days, I always lived in a nice house. I still earned money. It's yeah. not what people think that, you, you know, you've got to go living on the street. It doesn't work like that. You know, my kids have never wanted for nothing, but it is ridiculous because Christmas comes. And if I look at the piles and they don't look big enough, I'll end up buying crap just for the sake of making it look big <laughs> Can you be my mom one Christmas, please? And my kids, I mean, tight, ill to spoil them, but we do give a lot to charity. I'm not going to lie. All my stuff goes to refuges and things like that. I always think you're Irish. And like you have got, when I think about you, there's certain moments in my life that I think about Kerry Katona. And I remember when I went on Big Brother in 2001, mm. Hole Again was released. And mm. I was obsessed with that song. And then we got a chance to meet over the years. And then when I started to host Big Brother, you were the first housemate I welcomed into the house. So I have these such important memories of you. Wow. It's so strange. Yes, I welcomed you as the first housemate in 2011. That's 10 years ago, Kerry. I, I lived in Ireland for five years. Yes. So when I first moved to Ireland, the Irish hated me. <laughs> no, we didn't. They did. I was doing Jerry Ryan, God rest his soul. And I was doing it. It's so funny because I love talking to the Irish because no, like, you know, Ryan hasn't got a clue who Jerry Ryan is or Phil Coulter or anything like that. You know, it, the Late Late Show or even what RTE is. So for me, every time I go goose egg, I literally go, you can't see if I've got tattoos, but I do a go goose egg. So when I first moved over, we did um, a TV show called You're a Star. Do you remember? Oh, yes. You're a Star is great. <laughs> So I think we did the first the first pilot for it. It was me, Louis Walsh, and Phil Kilter. And uh, I was one of the judges, there's just the three of us. And then Jerry Ryan would have his phone in the morning, like, will you send that British back over the water? We don't want her here. And then I did the jungle. Yes. And then it all, it all changed. changed. So I gave all my money to Temple Street Hospital. Wow, in Dublin, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they got like a heart machine for kids. Cause my Molly was in the hospital. She, we thought she had meningitis when she was little and it was so amazing with us. Um, so yeah, my donations. Cause back then in, when you did I'm a Celebrity, um, the money that was raised- The phone, the phone yes. The charity. Wow. I don't do that anymore now. No, do they? Now, no. They now they keep it. <laughs> so yeah, so, um, and then it all changed and I, I loved, I loved Ireland so much so that when me and Brian split, he had to leave Ireland. 
I love the way the Irish loved you more than they loved Brian. He was actually getting spat at one point. <laughs> I'm not laughing, Francis. I'm just laughing at the situation, considering how it started for you with yeah, the Irish, and then yeah. they, you're and then, one of ours. Yeah, and then he did the 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 the, the, the meteor awards or something, whatever it was. Meteor awards, yes. With Delta, and as he's singing, they all go, "Where's your wife? We want Kerry." And I was delighted. <laughs> <laughs> I love the oh, way. I got on great now. We got on great. But now. I love the way you can speak about it and laugh about it. And that's really good. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've been married a million times since then, haven't I? <laughs> I've got about another 17 babies out. <laughs> good for you. So talk to me. How has 2021 been for you, Kerry Katona? Probably one of the best years for me. Um financially, career-wise. Unfortunately, I, I lost my auntie which, to addiction, which was um, to lose two people to addiction in 18 months. That's been really bad. Like DJ's daddy, he died of accidental drug overdose. That that was hard. But financially, for me, since starting doing OnlyFans, I've been able to get my own dating site, my own website called Marnie. You know, everyone deserves a happy ever after. Whether you been divorced or widowed or doesn't matter how old you are, you all, you all deserve to be loved. You know, I've been able to do my own Kerkatona brand uh, boutique, my own fitness web, and my TV career has been back to back. It's been nonstop, so I'm really, really eternally grateful. It's been one of my best years I've had since I was in probably my prime back in the day. How do you find the OnlyFans? Because everyone has an opinion on it. I'm of the idea, if you want to do what you want to do, you do it. I like. I'm all good for all that. But has ha, has it been more positive or negative for you? It's been brilliant. I mean, I since doing it, I've it, like let, let's just go back. I started off as a page three model. You know, I had a great set of tips, set of tips on that. I wasn't going to be a rocket scientist, and that was my get out of being in the council state. That that's what I wanted to do, and I was like, well, you know and I was a really pretty girl I've been modeling since I was three and that's what I wanted to be in page three in the sun that that was my aim but I went beyond that and I used to do I used to be a lap dancer I used to dance fully nude at a lap dancing place your body's your body do you know what I mean and for me I know Sarah uh, Jane Dunn this year recently got sacked from Hollyoaks which I think is absolutely disgusting because let's go back to a so back in the day when we had FHM and Nuts and yeah, Zoo, and Zoo all yes. the soap stars, the yes. production will get them out there, you know, get get on these magazines. And and this Sarah hasn't done anything different than what she, we did back then. She hasn't done anything different on OnlyFans at the minute. For me, Brian, I bet, you know, you go to the cinema, you pay whatever it is for a ticket. I don't know how much it is for a ticket at the cinema anymore. Um, what? 10, 15, 10, 15 quid? 15 quid, go to the cinema. You go and watch Black Swan with Natalie Portman. I'm not going to be a crew. She's masturbating in it. She gets paid millions, wins an award. That's okay. Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise, simulating sex, faking orgasms. That's okay. I show a bit of nipple and I'm a slag. <laughs> How's that fair? How? I don't understand. I seen an interview you had done. I think it was on This Morning or Loose Women or something. And that's exactly what you had said. That was your analogy of it all. Well, and I was sitting there like this. I was clapping and going, she, she's nailed it. That's exactly it. And it is. And I guarantee if this Sarah was a dude, she wouldn't have got sad. And they also do all these sexy calendars on Hollyoaks, don't they? And the men do all these, you know, looking like a... Um, a fireman with the tops off, and you know, for me, I think I think it's wrong. I think it, I think it's very wrong. And they go, oh, you know, you, you, you know, brains over beauty. It's like, hang on, my beauty. I'm not saying I'm beautiful. That that analogy has got me my businesses. He was actually the clever one here. I go on holiday every year with the kids. They always go topless, Brian. Always. My kids are there, and the paps are getting pictures. They're getting the money, and I'm not. These are mine. This is yeah. my body. Why are people making money off my body? Even from wearing clothes and doing photo shoots, they're still making the money more than what I've been making on my pants. So no skin off my nose. It's just more money in my bank. You are owning it today. I love it. We touched on this earlier, but you've always loved Christmas. And what was Christmas like growing up for you? Mm. 
oh sad really right yeah well i god i was i was pushed from pillar to post me i didn't have very many nice christmases really i've had a few nice ones when i lived with me now because my nan brought me up a lot like my time and when i lived with my stepdad now my stepdad who i thought was my real dad we won't go down that road because we'll be here all night <laughs> but i lived with my stepdad he was 30 years older than my mum right so when i was born i originally called him granddad because my mum was going out with his son okay so, and I called his son dad. So then my dad became my brother and my granddad became my dad. And then she left him for a woman. I feel like I'm on Jeremy fucking Kyle. Is there a DNA test here? When I was seven. And then the woman then told me that he wasn't a real dad. But anyway, I was living with him and he, he had five kids. And I was none the wiser. I was none the wiser. And we lived in these flats, like, you know, private flats, you mm -hmm. know, nice flats. And he lived in the middle one. And me nan and grandpa lived on the bottom one. And you know, you used to have those phones that go... Yes, the old ones. Yeah, but they had the same connecting number. And then my dad would knock on the, on the floor like that. And we always have Christmas parties. And all these kids would come. And my brothers, I thought we were brothers and sisters. And all their kids would come. And then me nan and fairy would be sat there. And my grandpa would be in his chair, and I thought, that is my aim. I want to be that old woman in the chair, rocking back in tune with all my kids and all my grandkids. And, yeah, that's what I want. I've had, I've had a lot, a lot of miserable Christmases, a lot of miserable Christmases. But for me, Christmas isn't about me or about Ryan. It's about the kids. New Year, however, is about us grown-ups. <laughs> oh, so New Year is about Kerry. You know what? I don't think I've stayed awake in the last five years before midnight. <laughs> midnight. I've missed every single one of them because I'm I'm murdered. I'm like I'm in bed me by nine o'clock these days. I'm a bit like that now, coming into my forties. I'm almost like, especially through COVID, my tolerance of staying out late is completely gone. So yeah. at eleven o'clock, I'm like last orders. Do you find there's a lot of pressure on parents during Christmas when it comes to Father Christmas and presents? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you can't win. You know, you either give your kids too much or too little. I mean, I, I mean, last Christmas I got slated so much because I always video on the Christmas. I mean, you love showing off your kids' faces, you know, on Instagram and, and they're opening all these big presents and some of them go, I can't believe, you know, everyone's had a shitty year. Yeah, but I've had a really good year, so that doesn't mean I'm not going to spoil my kids. I'm so sorry that's happened. And I do my very best to, for um, charity and stuff. But then again, as a parent, you've got Father Christmas. This, I think, will probably be our last year with DJ, where she really believes, because she's seven now. So last year, we get, the, we get those um, naughty elves. You know the naughty elves? And we get every morning, I get up, because I get up about five o'clock, do my yoga and do all that, my meditation. And, and then she gets up the next morning, she better not listen to this, or she won't, she's only seven. <laughs> and she's like, <gasps> and does that, the innocence. innocence of, and I think, oh, it just breaks my heart so much. So at Halloween, we were watching, we had a marathon of Scream. This is how innocent she is, and she loves friends, loves friends. I went, DJ Monica's in this. She went, and then I went, oh, she married him in real life. That's who she married in real life. And she went, oh, what about Chandler? <laughs> she believed it. <laughs> She was so disgusted, Brian. And I, and for me, that, that is what Christmas is all about with the children. The older kids are just like, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. Whereas with DJ, it's not just about the gifts. It's a whole magical, you know, story around it all. It's all about Father Christmas coming down the tree, you know, writing your Christmas list, looking for the reindeers. That, for me, is what Christmas is about, you know. And I think this will be probably the last time she'll truly, truly believe in it. Wait till DJ finds out that Rachel married Brad Pitt. <gasps> oh my God, no. She might be happy with that one. <laughs> <laughs> what does Christmas mean to you, Kerry? Everything. It's the kids, it's love, it's family, togetherness, values, tradition, um, forgiveness, you know, happiness. It's, yeah, it, it's just that that the, the look in the kids' eyes and, you know, the kids come home from school now. They all go into bedrooms, don't they? They're on the TikTok or they're on YouTube. Christmas, no, we're all around that table having our Christmas dinner. 
laughing, joking, playing games. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I can't be asked playing Twister every bloody weekend with me kids. Do you know what I mean? I haven't got the time, plus I don't want to. But there's just something about Christmas that, that makes you want to do those things. And memories, creating memories. You know, that, that, that to me is what Christmas is all about. I'm not deeply religious, you know, you know, we lost mom in 2018, but mom had a, a real religious faith, especially around Christmas. I find myself kind of putting my own beliefs on hold yeah. and put, looking at the religious aspect of the virgin pregnancy and the donkey and no room in the inn and Jesus. And I, at Christmas Eve, we would always look for a star in the sky. And I think that's because we done, I think that's because we've done it as children. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's in us now to do that. Do you not think? Yeah, but I think for me with my kids, like Max and Heidi, they're not christened. Like Molly and Lily, they're christened Catholic, obviously, because they live in Ireland. Heidi's christened a Church of England, C of A, and Max and Heidi aren't christened. Whereas with me now, I I think my I want my children to decide what they really want to believe in. For me, I like little bits of everything. You know, I, I believe in a higher power, whether it's God, whether it's uh, Buddhist, I don't, I don't know, but I know, I believe in manifestation, visualization. I, I, I believe in a higher power. I believe there's something out there that's greater than me. It's a little bit hard, but there is. <laughs> I don't believe that. Yeah, but I definitely believe, and I, I love anything biblical. I mean, at Christmas, I love watching the Jesus Christ story. Uh, I love the history of it all. Um, and yeah, I like to think that, you know, Jesus, you know, sacrificed himself and, you know, the whole nativity thing of it all and the three don the, don the three wise, wise men. men. So not three donkeys. What I didn't realise was when I was looking at the big nativities that you'd see in local villages and where you would go, I'd always look at it and go, why isn't Jesus in it? And that people would say to me, well, he wasn't born until Christmas morning. And I used to, I never, ever thought that. <laughs> I never realized why he wasn't there. And as only someone said to me last year, I put out a story on when I was in Rathang and seeing my family. And someone was like, uh, because he's not born yet. <laughs> I didn't know. I, it didn't he click with me. Belly. He was in he Mary's belly. belly. Oh, that's what uh, it is. He was, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, being living in Ireland and being married to an Irish Catholic man, I'll never forget when the, the Westlife boys sang to the Pope. Wow. You know, Brian's mum and dad, oh, you know, it's like the Pope. And we actually got a blessing off the Pope himself. <gasps> and we got married in no. the church. The, the, the priest was like, and we've got a massive surprise for you. A lot of fucking good that did. I was just... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's got a return address on this. <laughs> I want a refund. <laughs> what was that? But what was that feeling like? I couldn't believe it. It was like, well, it, my mum's a Roman Catholic as well. And, you know, she's always got a holy water. I think it meant it meant more to Brian and his side than mine. I mean, I was just more worried about where my next meal was coming from, where, you know, rather than, you know, learning all about Jesus and stuff until I, I, I actually got a little bit older. Um, it was unbelievable. It was. I mean, it was, wow. I think Brian's mum still, still got it. I'm sure Westlife had a few Christmas number ones when you guys would have been married as well. Oh, loads. Yeah. yeah. Loads in there. And then on the way back from Rome, I was pregnant. We went to Padre Pio's house or something in Rome. Um, and I remember it was in the airport and the next in line to be the Pope had arrived. There's all these police and everything. All these crowds are running to him to get blessed. I was like, what's going on? And Paul Higgins <laughs> grabbed me threw me to him and he blessed me belly with Molly. So I think it was the next Pope or the second or something like that. Kerry, not many people can say what you're telling me. Like I'm getting goose pimples when you're talking to me. Yeah. I swear oh, to God. I I could tell you, Brian, you know, going for meals with Smokey Robinson, Ryan, Kerry buying us picture frames. And I could tell you loads of stuff, but it's all about Christmas today. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we should just do a whole season of chats with Brian and Kerry where yeah, we just talk about everything. <laughs> Talk to me about your favourite Christmas song. Is the one that you go, that's it, this is it? No, there's too many. There's too many. You know, <laughs> Can you narrow it down to your two? Yeah, okay, Band-Aid and Mariah Carey. 
All I Want for Christmas and a Band-Aid, of course. Yeah. And wow. then obviously, um, what's his name? Noddy Olden. It's Christmas. Yes, that's iconic yeah. as well. But yeah, those three, you know, I, I could listen to Christmas music all it just it's just something that it gives you that it makes you feel warm inside, doesn't it? It just it makes you feel really happy. I think it makes you feel cozy and like you just said, happy, even though a lot of your Christmases weren't happy growing up. Mm. You've had enough that have been good since yeah. all of them that they've almost yeah. replaced that feeling. Oh, one hundred. I mean, I'm, I'm. For so many years, the world owed me a favour, Brian. I wouldn't take no responsibility. It's either my mum's fault for my child or Brian for leaving me. That was my downfall. You know, my Mark Croft, my accountant. I had to take some responsibility for it. You know, no one forced me to shove coke up my nose. No one forced me to do this. For you've got to take responsibility for that. And as soon as I did that, I was a better person. I'm a happier person. So even if my childhood, I, I mean, for so many years, I'm like, oh, poor me, the world owes me a favor. Oh, God, I was miserable. It happened. Deal with it. Move on. Share your story. Help others. You know, you got through it. Look where you are. You know, look at all the celebrities in the industry who've been around and we've lost. And I'm still here. I'm still doing it. I've survived. When did that light bulb moment happen for you? when you said about taking responsibility, was it a slow process or did you just wake up one day and go, cop yourself on, get your shit together, take responsibility, move forward? No, I've always had a sense of resilience about me. I mean, I can't believe what I've been through and I'm still here. I yeah. mean, and it, there's a lot of stuff that's still going on behind the scenes that no one will know. I'm sure there's a third book in me somewhere <laughs> that, well, that I'll say for that. You know, it, it's, um, I mean... This, this, I think I think when I left my second husband, Mark, for me, that was a wake-up call. I just got in the car, left Winslow, moved down south. I was on there for 13 years. I've just moved back up here now in June. And again, I think every day sometimes is a realisation. It's always that, that's a wake-up call, that's a wake-up call. I'm always looking and seeing and I'm always learning something new about myself. So it wasn't... I'm, I'm, I've never really complained. I've just, I've just always, because like my first memory of seeing my mum set a wrist when I was three. So I don't know any different, Brian. Mm. Like all this crap that happens, I just deal with it and I've moved on. But like when I had the Wimslow time, I was with Mark Croft. I mean, I had fits from taking that much cocaine that I could have died. Yeah. Even then, I didn't crack on. I got up and had another line. You know, there's been so many moments. Uh, I think for me, with I think it was probably when me and George split up, my third husband, going through domestic abuse like that and watching how George was so mentally tortured and he was a tortured so he wasn't, he wasn't meant for this earth. He came to this earth to do what he had to do and that was give me DJ. Mm. To, to be in a situation, again, from like being a kid, I mean, I got put in foster home because my mum's fella told us it was Freddy Krueger, tried to stab us. He stabbed me, mum, I pulled the knife out, told, yeah. And then my mum went back to me and I didn't get it. I thought, why are you doing that? And then I went through it with George. I'd get a good idea and I'd be like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I got it. And then I thought, I'm going to end up dead here. And now Molly gave me a look. And, I, and this is one of the reasons why I think she went to Ireland, if I'm honest. Molly gave me a look as if to say, you're weak. Mm. And I just thought, I never, ever, ever want to see my kids look at me again like that. Yeah. I think, think that for me was like, what am I teaching my girls here? I mean, they never witnessed anything. They heard me cries. You know, they'd never seen me take drugs. They'd never, if it wasn't for me telling them and them actually being able to read papers, I mean, I told them everything and they were like, what? So I think Molly gave this look as if of just disgust and weakness and, you know, you're no strong woman, you're, you know. And I think that for me was, that was it. And I left while well, I kicked him out. That was my light bulb moment. It's the turning point of your daughter, Molly, you know, you love all your children, but they feel that you were disappointing her and letting yeah. her down, not yeah. so much yourself. That was yeah. the breaking point. Okay, your favorite Christmas song you've said too. Favorite Christmas movie? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life with James Stewart. Love it. And I know it's not a Christmas film per se, but Gone with the Wind, it's shown every year. It's on for four hours. 
And one year, I won't even let the kids talk to me until it's finished. <laughs> the happiest Christmas. You're like, oh, silence. It's a Wonderful Life. Why is that your favorite Christmas movie? Because it's, it kind of shows you, it makes you think about yourself and what would be if you wasn't here. And you've also got to think about the joys that you give other people as well. It's, all, it's appreciation of your life and appreciation of what you've got and not what you've not got. You know, look at what you have, your, your gratitude. I mean, I, I'm a, I have a gratitude book. You know, I write my appreciations, my gratitudes and my affirmations. Um, and I think that's what that film is all about. I it's, like that attitude. It's about what you have, not what you don't have. Appreciate the now. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And like my kids, especially my Heidi, my God, my Heidi sucks the life out of you sometimes. The grass is always green somewhere else. Her glass is always half empty. You know, so negative about everything, you know. But I think a lot of kids are like that this year, this generation, you know, whereas Molly and Lily wasn't like that. But it's like, look, look what you have, you know, and not what you don't have. Kids, what do the kids' Christmas movie that they like? Any particular movie the children have on all the oh. time? Yeah. Well, Home Alone. I know that's Molly, Lily and Brian's favourite, you see. Yeah. Uh, but I love Home, Home Alone's, I think, I think it's everyone's favourite, isn't it? Home my Alone. nephew's obsessed with The Grinch. Oh, I know what my favourite Christmas song, film is ever with the kids. Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. The old Santa Claus or the new oh, Santa Claus? The new ones. The new ones. With Tim yeah. Allen. Tim Allen. I love... The old one was my favourite as a kid yes. growing up. With um, Demi... What's his name? Yes, he played the elf. Black hair. Yeah. Doug, Doug, Doug. Dudley Moore. Da, snap. Dudley Moore. That was my favourite as a kid growing up. I think that's who I think Santa Claus is in my memory. Yeah. It's the Santa from that movie. Not the kind of new sexy Santas. No. I need the old jolly yeah. Santa. That, is my, that was my favourite Christmas film ever as a child. That, that was it. But I, and then when the new one came out, and we call it new. You know, it's about 20 years old, if not older. It's about 25 years old. That film. And we're calling it the new one. New. Isn't that mental? What age are we? A hundred? I'm 41 now, Brian. I'm older than you. Uh, no, you're not. I'm 43 and a half. You're not. Yes. <gasps> you owl bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, daddy got Botox for Christmas this year. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, no, for me, the old one was my Christmas film growing up. But the new one, when that came out, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I love all the, well, as soon as those films come on. I tell you what, I have been known that when I've had a really shitty day, when we bipolar and feeling a bit down or whatever, I have actually put that film on to watch in the summer or Easter. Just, it's just something so magical about it and warm. And I'm only on season two of this podcast, but you could be, out of everyone I spoke to in season one, I think you love Christmas the most. <laughs> I do. I actually really, really do. Honest God, I remember I had a little Z4 BMW. It was the summer when I moved back over to England from Ireland. I had the roof down. It was the summertime and I was singing Christmas songs. Uh, you know, you know, you used to put a CD in a CD player. Yes, <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day, babe. I remember putting it in and the sun was shining. I was singing, well, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Oh, it's brilliant. And the cat like that, yeah. What were people thinking? <laughs> do I do I look like the kind of person who cares? No. <laughs> With me purple hair. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about your best Christmas memory. My best Christmas memory. Oh, there's so, so many to choose from with the kids. So many to choose from. Tell you what I did one year. I only had Molly and Lily at the time. We had one been back. It was Christmas. And I bought a house in England. Not long been back over from Ireland. It's a couple of Christmases down the road. And we did footprints outside. Oh, wow. And we put the snow inside. And... I was doing my craft, I don't want to mention, but I will. And I got Mark to come in the house. So where the stairs were, we was at the top and we could just see this red hat and wigs. 
going out the door and the kids were just like, oh. and here's another one, our DJ was doing panto and they always get your digs, don't they? And I was saying this cottage and there's an app that you let this app know DJ's details, what a favorite, like she loves grapes, our DJ, she doesn't like peas and rage. And we did it on the app. And I say, and I say this, obviously it's, I'm a celebrity me. I've got contacts with Father Christmas and the Easter Bunny and the Two Fairy. I know people, right? You're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I said, guess what? I said, I've only got Father Christmas's number, haven't I? She said, what? I said, yeah. I said, I've told him all about you and he wants to talk to you on FaceTime. <laughs> and you, and you, you do it and Father Christmas is there talking. And she goes, and he goes, I know you don't like grapes, so you DJ. Because I'm like, he knows everything about you, DJ. And she was, mm. if you all could see me right now, my mouth's wide open. She was blown away. And again, to see that innocence in it, she was like, I've got it on video, I've got it on, I've got it on a video somewhere. I'm going to put that up on my Instagram. And she was just like, I can't. Mom, are you going to keep his number? Are you going to tell him I'm going to be good? It was just those, those little moments of pure innocence. It's so magical and so beautiful to see. And then they grow up. Yeah, your face is, <laughs> I can see Kerry today and her face has just changed and they grow they up. They grow up and it's the eye rolling and the ain't you, you know, it's a nightmare. Do you still have Father Christmas's number? Do you want to pass it on to me? Well, that's only if you've been a good boy, Brian. I've been naughty this year. Well, you always naughty. I'm blaming COVID for that. <laughs> Your worst Christmas memory. And I hate asking you that because I know your worst Christmas memory probably is something from your childhood yeah. that is quite tragic. <laughs> We're going to put a helpline up after this. We might need to. <laughs> if this podcast has affected you in any way, then please call. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'll tell you what one of them, yeah, there is a good one. So it's not, it's not that depressing. So as Great. A, I was, as a kid, I was a tomboy, right? With my stepdad. And my dad thought he was Clint Eastwood, right? He was proper into Texas and American and country west. I was brought up on George Jones, Patsy Cline, all that kind of stuff. That, that's, that's all music I was brought up on. And he used to take me to these, like, cowboy and Indian shows. Anyway, he brought me this, this rifle, right? And he used to put a, a felt-tip top in it. And he's put me playing cards, old deck of cards on radiator. And he shoots them all down. And this one Christmas, I wanted a tool set out the Argos catalogue. Do you remember the tool set in the kids' section? Yes. That and all that. And I got Frost, Dr. Frosty, Frosty, Mr. Frosty instead. I was gutted. Mr. Frosty made the slushy drinks. Yes. And you could put different flavours in them. Because my dad was like, you're supposed to be a girl. Yeah. Because I was a bit of a tomboy, I was like, and I really wanted this hammer and this chill set, and I got Mr. Frosty instead. You're but not over it. I got, I'm not. No, I'm still not over it now. I can see it in I your face. Oh, and I'm furious, honestly, because I do all DIY. You see, Ryan don't do it like that. I do it all. And only if I'd have got that tool set, I could have built my own house by now. You could have been on 60-minute makeover. Exactly. Exactly. Carol <laughs> Smiley, yeah. Um, so what were you like with your Mr. Frosty slushies on Christmas morning? Did you did you even enjoy them? Broke. I think it broke. They're all, all, I mean, I buy all this crap for our DJ. I think you only buy it for the sake of buying it. And now because of technology, it's harder to buy for children, I find. I'm really, really struggling. I bought our DJ everything last Christmas, and she ended up playing on my phone all day. When we were children, now I know I'm slightly older than you, but when we were children, I remember Snakes and Ladders. I remember oh, Buckaroo. Guess oh, who? I got that. Guess who? Monopoly. Ghost House. Uh, Mousetrap. Bingo. Bing. Yeah. And you know what as well? I, I won't get my nails done before, right? No word of a lie. There's a little kid in the, in, 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 anyway, this baby starts crying and the woman gives her the iPhone to play with and I turn around and went, you know what? Years ago, I would have given him a rattle, wouldn't we? Yes, we would have. Oh, I set a key to an iPhone. Yeah. An iPhone. Now, this kid was must have been about two. 
Ooh. knows how to use an iPhone now. And and like with like with Heidi, I got her a phone, and and my mother's going, she's too young for a phone, blah blah. blah. And I'm like, but it's a different generation now, Molly. That's what like with our Heidi with DJ, she's seven. I'm like, so she's gonna have Ryan's old phone. Yes, it's upgraded. We'll get it all cleared. I'm not buying a bloody new phone. Put it in a box, and that's what we'll give her. And then I'm thinking, well, what else can I give her? Because I know all she's going to do is play Roblox all day on it. I remember yeah. I got my first mobile phone at 20 when I joined Ryanair <laughs> and I moved to Stansted. I was 20. And it was the size that, you know, a brickage you'd burn in a fire. And it was yeah. that size and it had an aerial. And every time the phone would ring, I'd have to extend the aerial and go, yeah, You are oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> You little bitch. <laughs> but how it's come on. Ones. I have one of those lucky ones who used to play snakes. Yes. yes. You know, that, that, and he used to text. It was T. It, it, it was like just dead, like you used three letters for each word or something like that. But you reminded me on Christmas Day, there's certain stuff that you would never do January, February, March, April, May, June, July, September, October, November, right? But in December, guess who? Connect for Twister. Twister. Monopoly. I mean, I never play it. I, I, like I said before, I won't, I don't want to come home after I've been working all day to play with kids. I really don't. I'm, you know, as a parent, I'm delighted about technology sometimes because it, it gets them off my back as well. Do you know what I mean? And, and we, we live in a society where we're blaming all the kids and technology, but as parents, we're just as bad. I'm giving my seven-year-old a phone for Christmas. Well, speaking about gifting her a fabulous phone at seven, what is the most extravagant Christmas present? I think this is going to be major. I just think this is going to be major. The most extravagant Christmas present you've ever received. Okay, straight away, Brian. Brian bought me. I was pregnant with Lily. I was furious. He bought me a robotic dog that was, must have been about two and a half grand from Harrods. I was like, what the fuck do you want me to do with that? What was that? A robotic dog that you teach to sit. And it was all the rage. I'm like, I'm about to give birth to our second child. And you want me to teach robotic dog how to sit? Back then, two and a half grand was a lot of money. Yeah. It still is. It still is a lot of money. Like, that, that was my present. Obviously, loads of jewellery and watches and all that kind of stuff. But that that was my choice. I couldn't, be, I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't get over it. Um, Ryan, Ryan goes above and beyond farmer at Christmas and birthday, you know, with the design again. I think, why stop? I'm happy with a new look. No, never say that. Shh, don't tell them that. <laughs> you have to say Tom Ford, Louis Vuitton, Gucci. Yeah, yeah. No, gorgeous. <laughs> I must point out, Kerry is sporting a gorgeous Gucci jumper today, and the dog just fucking ruined it and jumped all over it. <laughs> Those paw prints all down the left. Oh, look, look at it. Look, yes. look at it. <laughs> uh, we all know Gucci is dry clean only. <laughs> I saw this in jump. I brought it in wash, honestly. Do um, not do that. I did this. This goes in washing machine. This I've had this one for this is this is old on this. I've had this for ages. I love it's, the way she's like, this is old Gucci, darling. It's not new. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Am I like that? No, I'm not. I just, you see, the thing is, people forget that I came into money very, very young, even though I know that I came from nothing. But, you know, 20 was a millionaire. It's very Me young. Me and Brian together were millionaires. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, I was I met Brian, what, when I was 18, pregnant at 19. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, pregnant at 20, married at 21. We were minty. We had silly money. It was ridiculous. So young to not know what's right yeah, and what's and wrong. Yeah, did. I mean, we, we lost out on a lot of money on properties, me and Brian. You know, for some reason, when I got pregnant with Molly, I, you know, I gave the Tommy kit and I moved to Ireland. He put me in a house in Delvin in County Wicklow. Didn't know anybody there. His mum was in Ireland. I was, and I can't, I couldn't drive at the time. I was driving everyone at the I still can't drive. Uh, you do. You drive me around bloody bend. <laughs> um, and yeah, you, you're just silly with money. I think when you're young, you, you're quite showy offy and and you was. And and like when I used to go buy all my cars and stuff, people say, oh, what? Well, yes, I can afford it. I can afford to go buy myself a nice car. Don't judge me because I did work. And I've always been a grafter, Brian. I've always, I've worked from the age of 14. I've had, you know, I worked in Warrington Market, worked at JD Sports, worked at Chip Shop. I was a glass collector. I've always had to work. 
you know, and it's my money. No, I think also it's the understanding that you have to work for everything oh, that you have. Yeah. You, you, no one's given nothing for free. This is what, what went wrong with me and George as well. You know, it all went to George's head and we got into the secret and Bob Proctor and Oprah Winfrey and all that. And I practiced all that and it worked for me. But I think with George, just expect it to land on his door. It doesn't work like that. And I believe like me and Ryan came together for a visualization. I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't Ryan helping me achieve what I'm achieving. We're both go-getters. You know, we're, we work, we, I mean, today I've not stopped working. Uh, it's been non-stop for me today. I've got another thing I've got to do after this, which is going to be huge. I can't wait to find out. Oh, fabulous. I watched on YouTube when Ryan proposed to you. Oh, no. no. He's very <laughs> handsome. He is very handsome. And he's eight Body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. That body. That <laughs> body. Yeah, no. And he's eight years younger. I can still pull him out. Get me. Oh, Ryan's a very, very quiet. He's not in, like, he'll come on the YouTube and stuff. He's done a few little bits for me, but, like, we had a Halloween party, and I couldn't find him anyway. He's, he's very in the background of things. Do you know what I mean? That's the difference. I'm very loud. And, you know, I'm the face of everything, where he's he's he's, he's in this office constantly working. Well, that's why it works, because yeah. it's balanced. You're doing your thing, he's doing his thing, and you both meet in the middle, and that's why it works. It just that, that it's exactly why it works, you know. It's very uh, like he'll go over all the contracts, and I ain't got a bloody clue about anything. Like, but I'm really busy, business savvy. Like I'll take no bullshit. Yeah, and that's where I come forward. It works. Mm. Did you ever take part in any nativity plays at school? And if so, she's nodding the head. Who did you play? Sell it to me. Three, two, one, go. Well, I told me Nana Ferry that I was Mary, and really was a sheep. <laughs> bah. <laughs> yeah. So I went home, I was at, I was at Pagate school, because my dad had costume, I say my dad was at dad. And my nana fairy used to look after me quite a lot. And I went to my nana fairies, who lived underneath us, and I was like, oh, I'm Mary. I can't believe The I'm main Mary. part, the main part. And I went, oh, are you? And what songs do you sing? And I stood and made this whole song. <laughs> I just remember one of my Christmas songs, Cliff Richard, Mistletoe and Wine. Mistletoe and wine, I children singing Christmas. That me being a kid that does. But I told my nan that I was a mare and really I was a one at shepherd sheep. Can, do you remember the song that you sang that you made up on the spot? Oh, what did it go like? He's having Jesus and she's virgin. Something like that. We need to release that for Christmas. Christmas number one. What, what, when did people find out you weren't playing the Virgin Mary, but you were in fact a sheep? I think she already knew. And ah. she just let me sing and pretend because she was too old to come and watch you sing. What a wonderful lady. She was, my Nana Ferry. She lives to 105, you know. Wow, Kerry. I was at 105. She lived to young Nana Ferry. What a Kerry. fabulous, fabulous age. Yeah, she was great. And Kerry, my last question for you will be your hopes, your plans, your wishes for 2022. And please speak freely. Um, I don't want to be a cliche, but for me, it's to be as healthy, happy, positive, have healthy children, and just be happy, content, fulfilled, joyous, peaceful crazy, funny, don't get divorced, so don't get married. <laughs> no, no divorces no. in 2022. No divorces in 2022. <laughs> you do seem so contented at the moment. You seem very happy, very open, but also you seem confident. And I think it's the best version of you I've seen. It's taken me a long, long, long time to get here, Brian. I think we all, but, you know, I think for, forgiving yourself as well is a huge thing. I, I'm actually doing so at the minute. I, I've got to go over all the old ground and um, I can't go into it, what I'm doing. And it's really hard to look at this person. I have to go all over these old articles and look and read about this person from... Typical. Princess! It's very hard to go back and look at this person from years ago and not recognise that person. Sorry, 
I missed that. Could you say it again, please? Hello, Siri. Oh. Oh, is, there we go. Is this a Christmas podcast or a Halloween podcast? That was a bit creepy, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and and to go and to look at that old Kerry, and it wasn't that. I think what it is as well. I think people more accepting to mental health as well. Back in the day, people didn't understand mental health. They didn't understand addiction. They didn't understand why I was taking drugs. It was always car crash. You're a mess. You know, there's a core, there's a root, there's a reason to all this. I mean, I've been studying. I want to be a life coach. I want to be on the stage. I want to help others. I want to be like Tony Bloody Robbins. You know, I've been through so much that I know what I've been through is to help others. And that, that's what made it do. And don't get me wrong, tomorrow, Brian, I might have a really shitty day and not want to get up. You know, but I think we all get like that. It's all about how, now it's how I deal with those situations and knowing what triggers to use, what tools to use when I get triggered. Yes, it's about coping mechanisms that you know how to get through the situation you're feeling in the yeah. best positive way. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yes, I had a really bad day. I had to go through all this, this legal thing. I had to go through all these old articles my God, I was heartbroken. It was really hard. I had my best friend, Danielle Brown, with me. And I was like, God, this is killing me. It was awful, absolutely awful. I was like, who is this woman? You know, why is she not dead? You know, it was, it was horrible to go through. But today's another day and I'm happy. You see, and that's what it's about, is knowing that when those down days are there, you've always got tomorrow. Not a lot of people get tomorrow, Kerry. And we, well, thankfully, you know, we're still here. No, they don't. It was like I in September turned 41. I was like, oh my God, I'm 41. Then I thought, at least I got to 41. Yes. After Sarah Harden had died. Yes. How tragic. So young. So sad. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it was like, I just need to be grateful. And I've got a real fear, fear of death. I've got health anxiety. I have mm. a, I'm on tablets for it. I really, I, I panic about death. I think since losing someone like George, who I was, you know, it's, been a massive trigger for me I mean I have panic attacks over it so I'm a human being so and again it's like moving into the mansion getting all this doesn't mean my mental health stops you know just because I've got money in the bank and just because I've got a, a you know a big car I've got a big house that doesn't mean that all my problems have gone away it just I've just changed on how I deal with them yeah if only things were easily fixed like that yeah Kerry Katona thank you so much for this uh, fabulous festive chats mm-hmm. and I can't believe you listen to Christmas songs during the summer. I need to b- pick up why my Christmas not? game. Why Why not? I thought, hang on, I've got another drop in here. Look at this one. Don't you look like a big toe? Oh, look at that. Oh my goodness. Is so this princess? No, this is baby. He's a pink pup. There's only hundred of them in the world. Oh my goodness. He's massive. Looks like a big toe, doesn't he? <laughs> Kerry Katona, thank you so much and a big, huge happy Christmas to you. And I can't wait to see you soon and give you a big hug in real life. Oh, happy Christmas, everyone. Thanks, Kerry. Have a good day. Thank you, thank you darling. Thank you.